Mm-hmm. What's the damn question? KK, ask it. Oh my God. I, I had some good questions on my walk and I, I, that's not true. I, I thought I would have good questions. <laughs> does, does Perseus have any? Uh... Oh yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Well, I don't know what you were going to ask, but I was going to ask. <laughs> Galactic Purge of KK's invites you to Space Cat's Happy Hour. Let your mind relax. We meet in a dimension outside of time. Welcome to Space Cats Happy Hour, where we're learning how to be new people. <laughs> this is American KK. I am joined by Zaddy Cat, Canadian KK. We're just having a conversation. And uh, it would be kind of cool to hear you. I know we've already literally just talked about it before you record, but if you want to go into what we've been sort of talking about, I would like I to. I was going to say my heart is still racing, but I was like, actually, my nervous system is. Um, more relaxed than I would have expected it to be, which is great. Yeah. And um, so, okay, so I'll just jump in. So I, so this has been for me a long time. Like I've been in this energy for over a year or more of like practicing being a more authentic version of myself and also having better like interpersonal boundaries and expressing myself more directly around interpersonal boundaries. Um, and just being more clear about what I can and can't offer. And so I have this long history of setting absolutely, <laughs> except with my mom, <laughs> but other than that, where except with my mom, where I would set boundaries in an incredibly fiery, <laughs> aggressive way, it's like full on combat. But because of a lot of stuff from my childhood, where I just there was a lot of not being able to to set boundaries or having not having them respected. So I just wouldn't. And I also didn't know myself very well. So I wasn't like tuned in to how things like emotional processing or venting, which are just totally natural parts of life. But I, I think, again, carrying some stuff over from my childhood, it's kind of like the tank was full, but also I think I might just in general have a lower energy tolerance for them. Like I just get drained really quickly by that kind of stuff, especially emotional processing, except for I also simultaneously gravitate towards it in a huge way. So not only was I not setting boundaries, but I would also like seek out conversations that really got into stuff and like really benefit from them as well, but just be completely white. Like it just, you know, it activates all different parts of the system and it just, takes a lot out. And also I'm sure that I was doing it in ways where my energy tentacles were completely enmeshed with the other person where they don't need to be. And I'm still learning how to, (laughs) what's my energy? What's the other person? Where do we, 
you know, what, what feels good to merge, what doesn't. So after, you know, decades and decades of this, and it was just getting more and more ramped up. And then you add to that a, a, a spiritual awakening process where like everyone's going through their dark night of the soul and then all these intense things and you just want to share all the time and you want to like just come together and be like, this is so intense. I was so, so tapped out and I would, I was just not listening to that part of myself. And I also was like, I think putting a lot of my value in being that person for people, being a, a good listener, a good friend or family member that somebody could like turn to and like work through stuff with. And there was like seeing my value in that. And also a bit of like the, the fixer thing where it's like, Oh, how can I help this person? How can I fix like that kind of baggage was coming into it? You know, as soon as you, as soon as I started to see like, Oh my gosh, there are actual solutions to problems. It's like, you want to go share that positive energy when, when it felt like there was not no solution to anything. So that like quickly turned for me into a bit of a, a fixer situation. So I would really magnetize these conversations to myself and then find myself like resenting it afterwards or just feeling so spent and, you know, but did I ever set a boundary in there? Or if I did, was it incredibly indirect <laughs> and kind of like wandering around the issue? Uh, yeah. To all the above, yes and no to all the above. Like I was not, I was not saying anything. Although concurrent to that, Interestingly enough, with my mom over the past decade, we've like done a lot of boundary work and we've actually shifted our dynamic in this really interesting way. And now she'll be like, is it okay if I tell you a story about so-and-so where I'm kind of annoyed with her? And I'll just be like, hmm, I'm kind of tired. And she'll be like, okay. And this is like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Stories about so-and-so who she was annoyed with. <laughs> it's like like 99% of my, my soundtrack to my childhood and teenhood was just like and so yeah that's pretty incredible but yeah that's like your mom and like you know <laughs> it's a whole different thing with applying things that you do with your mom to like the rest of the world and especially friends that I've had since childhood and we've we've gotten into our own grooves around things or friends that I've had for a long time and then to like you just feel awkward there's so many cultural things too like just the way you relate to people and and it, it really feels like you're like coldly slamming the door shut in people's faces when somebody is just doing something very natural which is in the organic moment something comes up and they're upset about something and they have their friend there and they just want to talk about it and you're like uh literally <laughs> so like I can't even say anything comforting to you right now because I have nothing inside me left and yeah triggered a lot of abandonment wounds a lot of like you're bad you're bad bad for having boundaries Oh, boundaries. Oof. I mean, I know this is a, a global issue, but like, my God, do I have the, the running narrative of you're bad if I try to set boundaries. <laughs> like, it is such a big one for me. So yeah, so I was really appreciating. We just had this like chat at the top where I was like, well, I'm, I'm being called to be even more explicit about how I'm going to be very awkward. And I was telling you, um, like, I'm going to have, I'm probably going to just blunder and be like, I can't talk. I gotta go and then you were just being really nice and being like oh that's interesting and you know I'm going through similar things and I'm feeling similar things coming up and we'll be awkward together and I was like oh my god it feels so good to be able to have those conversations about 
about these situations. It's really, really hard. The boundary thing is mother. (laughs) The discomfort around that is crazy because I am the same. I feel like I have similar things to you where I didn't have any boundaries growing up, which is not an unusual story. I'm sure because we're all codependent and whatever. That's the society we live in. But like we didn't. Yeah, the boundaries were just not supposed to be a thing in my childhood. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to have private conversations on the phone with friends. Not that I had a whole lot of friends calling me, but like (laughs) when I would have a friend call, it would, my mom would be like, well, why would you want to go into your room? You, anything you say in front of, anything you say to your friend, you should be able to say in front of us kind of thing. And it's not that I was going to say anything bad at all. It's just like, you want privacy talking to your friends. It's just, that's the thing. We didn't have locks on our doors and we weren't really allowed to close our doors and our bedroom doors. You know, we were just always supposed to be very much in each other's business at all fucking times. And I didn't know that that wasn't fucking normal. Like (laughs) that's not, it's not cool. And so I definitely did not know how to be, how to say no to just wanting my own space. And so what I would do is because I, I, for some reason I could get away with this. I don't know how, but I would just be in, I would read a lot. I just was quiet and I didn't talk because I, one, I just felt like being quiet. I I think I'm just more of the observer anyway. That's just my, my nature. But I also am realizing that part of the reason I didn't want to talk is because if I didn't talk, that means I didn't need to worry about boundaries because nobody was really noticing I was there in that way of like having a conversation and like, you know, respecting what I wanted to talk about or not, or that kind of thing. I would just stay fucking silent. (laughs) And so that's how I would deal with my quote unquote boundaries. And then when I had that, what I, in our awakening episode, I, I talked about feeling the break inside me where I was like, just people floated off on their own islands of pain. And I didn't care as in like, it didn't bother me, which was weird. Cause it's always bothered me. And I've always wanted to carry someone else's pain burdens, you know, energetically. And that was when I just started like not giving a fuck about my family and what they wanted. And so I just, I was, I put up the boundaries very, very harshly, like you were saying yourself, where it's just like, nope, no responses, no talking. Like I was basically estranged for a while, not really, but like kind of, that was kind of how I dealt with it was where I just was like, I just stopped talking to people. I needed to close myself off so completely that that I didn't know how else to do it. So it was very, very abrupt and sort of aggressive, I'm sure seeming. And I haven't really, usually what I do is when I feel like I don't have the space to hear people vent, I just don't I remove myself instead of saying I don't have the space to hear you vent because it feels cruel and weird and awkward and cold and I don't know how to deal with that and so I would just rather be silent (laughs) and I'm not sure if so what you were describing where you have like zero capacity like even into the negative amounts of like being able to deal with someone you know needing to vent or or having an emotional moment or any of that stuff And I was thinking, oh yeah. And I even said this out loud. I was like, oh, if you're dealing with stuff that usually means I'm people around you are like, usually me when you're, when you're dealing with something, we have similar stuff. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to be dealing with that. And I thought I was for a second, but then as you were talking and I was feeling into it, I was like, I think mine might not be as 
what's the word? Mine might not be as defined as, or I don't even know if that's the right word, but like whatever mm-hmm. you are dealing with. And I think it might be because of my grief eater shit where I can naturally be a little bit more tolerant of that because my energy is meant to do that naturally. And if I don't do that, I think it, I think it needs to burn off in a way where I can like maybe tolerate more than what it sounds like you're going to be able to tolerate for a while anyway, where it's because I got really worried when, when you were talking about your thing of like, you know, negative capacity for any of this stuff. And I was like, oh shit, am I going to be in that same thing? And I'm going to feel awkward and like weird. And I don't know how to deal with this. And I was like, no, I don't want to deal with it. And then I was like, hold on. I don't think that I'm going to be as extreme sounding as that, where it's like, (laughs) needs to burn off. So I feel bad. I like, part of me is just like, I feel really not bad for you. It's not like pity or anything, but I just am like, this is really hard. And you're, you are being asked to do a lot of very intense and useful anchoring of that energy of the boundary work. And it's going to serve all of us. Obviously it'll serve you, but it's going to serve the entire collective. And I'm just like, very, thank you for your service kind of vibe right now. Cause I'm like, that is a really nice good job. Well, it's interesting because it's that, you know, so many people these days are developing or born with intolerances or things to things so that it's like it gets to the point where it's just like either we're gonna have to change how we do things or this person is it's gonna turn into like a catastrophe for this like a health catastrophe or a mental health catastrophe or whatever for this person and you see that in so many ways and I think that that's just that's been a bit of part of my existence is like having and being like extremely sensitive to stuff and then never respecting that sensitivity in myself or never like just treating it like no this is like this is my tolerance level always comparing it to others and thinking my tolerance level should be different than it was instead of just saying this is my tolerance level so you know I guess we just have to deal with it as it is and not try to change it because it's not changing it's not going away so yeah it does feel like this one for me is very very low tolerance and just like when I think of like how I've lived my life with that low tolerance I'm like ooh, no wonder I'm in this phase of just like zero tolerance right now where it's like no um but oh no I was just actually thinking it sounds a whole lot like you're being cleared out and rewritten in your DNA, in your marrow, like all the stuff that you've been working on with your energy grid, that your, your new energy stuff, where it goes into the marrow, like literally the center of us, the, it, it is clearing out all of the shit that you have been putting up with all that fog of just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. Cause you thought you had to, and you didn't know any better. Cause you're a child, you know, all that stuff that you've been building up over a lifetime. And now you're like, no, this is a hard reset. And that's pretty intense. <laughs> And uh, it might actually, I kind of feel like I can cut this out, but I was going to give the example of what we were talking about. Like, so what Zadika is talking about is we had a conversation last week, we were on the phone and I had to hang up because I got a call from my mom and that call was very upsetting to me. And I came back and called, I re- dialed Zaddy cat afterwards. And I didn't mean to start crying. Cause I thought I was just going to say, Oh, this is what the conversation was, but because it was so emotional, it caught me off guard. I did start crying. And <laughs> I was like, I felt really awkward. Cause I don't like crying in front of people. And like, <laughs> like I was, and cat was extremely kind and very like, did not make me feel at all unwelcome. But what we were talking about just before this recording is that 
they're not going to be able to be that person where I or anyone else they're around can, can do that crying and do that venting. And they're going to have to be figuring out in the moment of like how awkwardly to <laughs> get out of the situation. And that's really, really hard because honestly, <laughs> just you hearing you say it back, that. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I know, awful. I know, I know. And, and, bad. and it's like, no, no. <laughs> well, that's because you deserve I know. those people. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's why it's really, really valuable to talk about this right now, because I think a lot of people are going to be feeling this and going through this both sides of the, of the coin. They're going to be the one that needs a vent outlet and their friends are not going to be able to, or they themselves are going to be yeah. not able to hear their friends venting and crying. And it's really hard because yeah. we love our people. We want them to be <laughs> able to do this. But also we have to come first. We have to take care of our boundaries and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be painful and it's going to feel really bad sometimes, but like that shouldn't stop us from practicing this and, and, and being in our boundaries and like holding space for each other and, and say in the moment you have to go and be like, yep, you're crying. I I can't, I can't handle it. And obviously I understand that you're going to be you don't feel good about this. I don't, you are not doing this because it's hilarious and fun for you. Like you are doing this because we all have to figure out what is ours and what is not. And that is, we've had 40 years of being in the old way of doing shit and it's going to be really hard. And so if anyone else out there is going through this stuff, have the conversations with your friends and your loved ones. Like I might not make you feel very good in this moment. That is not my intent, but I'm just a human and we're trying to learn a new way of living. And it's just a really difficult, but valuable conversation. And so I, again, this is why I keep saying thank you for your service, Daddy Cat, because it's like, this, that was really hard for you to have to tell me that. And you did it and you, I'm, I'm sure it did not feel good, but like, that's what we're doing. This is our new, this is our new way of operating, being individuals in a collective consciousness. And you have to know yourself in order to be a part of that whole continuum of evolution. So thank you for your service. <laughs> Sorry. It's also thank you, thank you for putting it in such a nice way. It's like, um, it's also interesting because we're, we're both in this process of getting further and further into, well, for me, for you, it's further and further. And for me, it's like actually for the first time learning anything about my, my human design. And there's stuff about having an open head center and open solar that I have where it's like other people's mm. thoughts and emotions and beliefs like come right into you. That's been really clarifying as well, where I'm like, ah, oh, yes, that is what it like. It literally <laughs> feels like yeah. suddenly I'm, I think a lot of it is that is like the process of once it's in, then I have to like spend all the energy sifting through what's mine and what isn't. And then like removing what isn't mine. And like, and it's like, that is like a real learning curve that takes time and requires a much less you kind of you kind of got to like stem the flow so that you can take things case by case and like learn really get to know yeah. my own energy and my own mind <laughs> exactly exactly oh and I was also gonna say that so I mentioned avoidant when I so when I talk about avoidant I'm just referring to something that I don't know very much about but it's like you know the, the system of attachment systems like if you're securely attached avoidant anxious, avoidant, anxious, preoccupied. I forget there's different ones, the ways that 
we relate to each other and there's books on it. And I think a lot of therapists, you know, use, use that as a tool and a lens to, to look at things through. And when I started learning about it, there was kind of a culture of a lot of sympathy and compassion for anxious and preoccupied, a little bit of like shit talking of avoided style. <laughs> and I, I really feel like the more, the more like I, I see how radically different things are going to be and how much we are going to shift in the way that we relate to each other, that the avoidant style is often just like, not necessarily like using the best tools or techniques, but like quite a valid reaction to things that are just <laughs> like not cool and not okay. Um, and like way overstepping of energetic boundaries that, you know, in the future, we'll look back and be like, Woo, we really, we really related to that, to each other that way. Eh? We really just constantly trampled <laughs> over I know all of our emotional and energetic boundaries all the time, which again, I don't, I don't like to like create too much of like a shitting on it narrative because like who are we to know like we're just learning yeah. and remembering that this is there's other ways to do things that we've just all been like steeped since birth in in these cultural ideals and stuff so it's normal that we do trample we didn't like a lot a lot of us didn't weren't even aware that I know. energy was a thing and energetic boundaries were <laughs> well I also think that avoidant I mean there's like for everything there's a there's a positive and a negative like shadow side to things and so avoidant yes has its obvious you know shadow side but avoidant also to me at least how i experience it is like a disengaging from things like sometimes yes. literally just not worth having a conversation or an argument because it's going to go nowhere that meme about you know arguing with like an idiot is like playing chess with a pigeon it doesn't matter if you win the pigeon's going to shit all over the board like it, you just disengage you know like yeah um, so that's for me what i think of as when i i mean i am not claiming at all that i am completely in the i am fully aware of my avoidant shadow side where i just avoid things where I should probably engage in them and actually solve the problem or whatever. But yes, I am definitely avoidant and anxious and all of that good shit, <laughs> all that good shit. So it's yep. all of these, you, I think I, you hit the nail on the head with, yeah, avoidant isn't, it gets shit talked a lot because yeah, it's gross in that shadow side of it, but also it can just be a disengaging of things. I actually feel yeah. like probably as we shift certain things that we refer to as avoided, we'll probably go under the label secure because it's like, <laughs> oh. we're just really actually like. Interesting. Pretty okay. Uh, I love that. Ways of, ways of engaging <laughs> in the face of. Yeah. I think, I think our whole understanding of what a secure relational style is might shift a little bit as well. I um, Wow. That feels extremely resonant because as you were saying that, and I was also talking about how avoidant for me is sometimes just disengaging. I was like, cause sometimes I feel very secure in my avoidance. And, and so I get confused. Cause I'm like, I know I'm avoiding stuff right now, but like, it doesn't feel worth it to engage and like confront it. But so I have this weird security in my avoidance <laughs> that I've never been able to articulate the dissonance between what it feels like it should be. And you just, <laughs> you just said it. Very clearly, <laughs> the shifting uh, that feels very true. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and the cultural stuff. I it's very. I definitely there's especially on my mom's side, like Jewish Mediterranean. <laughs> it, there are things that are just such no nos 
cultural dodos and like I can almost feel like my ancestors screaming in horror <laughs> you know not not their like more expanded versions of themselves but like their real selves yeah uh, when I when I when I take certain steps and do certain things but that's what's interesting is I've been working through it with my mom so much so she's done so much of the work on her end too that's awesome uh, so yeah but uh it's just to say like you know if, if you went, once you do go down this path you can expect blowback and yes there's also the level you can kind of make your way into with reality where when you don't when you actually don't feel the guilt and the shame and all that baggage internally it's it, it won't necessarily be reflected back like it you might experience something very surprising from the other person that's very out of character and they're just like okay but who can get there in a split second right like <laughs> so you like if you are setting boundaries along the way you can expect some very uncomfortable experiences and yeah for people to react really strongly yeah uh, negative ways. <laughs> yeah like, that's I yeah, wish- you have to have the energy for that too which is where the I regulated think, like, nervous the, system comes in <laughs> yeah protecting the nervous system and using you know avoidance like when you're in the face of something that's so extremely out of alignment with where it would ideally be then yeah you're gonna, gonna use, have to use all your tools in your tool belt which to, is why we're to, in the middle of practicing doing all of this shit and it comes it starts with the nervous system and i did not realize how fucking burnt out all the shit was until all the other things started hitting the fan and then now that i am regulating my nervous system it's not perfect by any means but i can see the huge progress that like for example i'm not sure i could have had this conversation with as clear of a head you know last year i would have probably i would have still held space for it because it's like i i already know that people are allowed to be who they are even if it's not exactly like me but it would have probably been a little bit harder for me to process like oh i guess i'm not i would have gone into my wounding more of like oh i'm i i take up too much space i i need to just not be all over the place. I should, I should hold my feelings and like, I should, I would have gone into that spiral. Whereas now with my nervous system, I'm like, this is cool, dude. It's not fun for anyone. You know, in the moment, it's not really great, but like, this is just part of the progress and practice of being a new human in a new operating system. So it's really, the nervous system is key and the more you can do and don't beat yourself up if you can't get there right away. Like Zadikat was saying, it's like, you can't, who can get there in a split second? It's just like, (laughs) give yourself grace and peace and compassion and like do a lot of deep breathing and meditation and yoga, like whatever works for you, you know, just soothe that nervous system. And it's dudes, I have not enjoyed focusing on my nervous system. I want it to just fucking work already. Like, I'm like, I have to fucking do more breathing. Like, I'm so pissed that I'm not just already there and I'm not just perfect already. This is such hard work a lot of times it feels like. And it's just every time I move into it, though, it's just like inching along and, you know, it, it starts to go faster. It's 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 a little slow at first and I get, it's really frustrating. But like once you have that practice where you're like, OK, now it only takes me a few minutes of deep breathing instead of a whole hour or whatever, you know, it's really 
you'll be surprised at how quickly you start moving into that automatic soothing of that nervous system when you get into a situation that feels very uncomfortable and you just make space for the trauma to move through faster or the whatever it is to, you know, I, I said trauma, but like, yes, we're also working on clearing out trauma, but stuff like this isn't traumatic. It's just like uncomfortable stuff and it just moves through a little bit faster and a little more ease and joy. Yeah. Yeah. And time for me, like, yeah, just managing my energy and my time and like, I've, it's so illuminating about how tired I feel all the time because I'm constantly doing things that like take up too much energy or re-trigger my nervous system. But I like moving through things very slowly and deliberately and taking things off my plate is still something I'm working on as well. I had to set a boundary a few weeks ago and it was like quite, it was, it was, it was like quite an intense boundary setting for me on my end. And the reverberations on my system were just so like, it like lasted so long. And I was just like, oh, right. This is why this is so hard for me because I have to go through these emotional waves after and after of like these cycles of like total, like, oh my God, um, I did the worst <laughs> thing. How could I be this? And like, and then claw my way out of it. And then the next time it's a little easier, but yeah. And if that's like, whatever, however many weeks, four weeks of like that, just from one, one interpersonal experience, you know, it was like, okay, we got it. We got to get to, we got to <laughs> reduce here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got other things to spend our energy on at yeah. some point, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. well, we're getting there. I mean, honestly, yeah. even the four weeks, I know that felt like forever, but like, I'm just am imagining me in that, in that position. And it would have taken years, maybe like, I feel like, like I would have still been beating myself up, you know, just thinking about it and revisiting it and all that shit. And it's like, I don't know. I know it's not fun, but I really you're doing excellent work and, and this'll just be, it's just a, a, a public other people going through this. Like, yes, it's worth it to work on your nervous system because we're, <laughs> we're being asked to move a little more quickly and not in a way that's like, you're bad. If you don't, it's just easier on you. If you do this, this work now, so that when we're all sorting through the collapse of civilization, <laughs> And putting up new boundaries. It's like the nervous system regulation just really helps you be able to put up with it in a way that doesn't take so much out of you. Or, or I don't yeah. know if I'm even saying that the best way, but the yeah. house just rattled. I don't know what passed by in the street, but it made, shook the whole house as you were saying. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. emphasis, um, exclamation point. Yeah. Wait, what I was, you, that also, I had something else that that, oh, I remember. So, Archangels. I was going to talk about archangels. Um, okay. Archangels, and maybe I've said this before. For me, more that they really just feel like a frequency to me. And you could say that about anything can, can be reduced to a frequency. But for some reason, archangels are just very much like it's a frequency. And so many people on the planet are carrying different archangel frequencies. And when I first, well, actually with AOE, we do the Dragon Tree Collective. She was the one who first really was introducing me to this idea of like carrying archangel frequencies within you and then I was looking at my name and the clues in my name because I always have a lot of clues in my name and my first last name on my mother's side is Campius and there's an archangel Camuel and anyway there were a lot of sinks and I was like oh I think that's what anyway that is the archangel of like healthy relationships <laughs> like like helping people establish healthy relationships so I think mm -hmm. that's partly why the 
Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to spend so much of my time and so much of my awakening period as like, it's been such a theme. Like there was a, at some point I'll probably tell a bit of the story of me and my dad, but there was like a massive, massive boundary setting that had to happen with, with, with him within that relationship. It was like an absolute, like total mm. tower. It was the tower that set off all the t- other towers in my life that led me to my awakening. And Ooh. so it's just, it feels like pretty fundamental to like one of the things my soul thought would be fun to sign itself up for. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was funny. When, like at first, I, I feel like at the time I hadn't really fully uh, like accepted <laughs> when I when I first learned of Camuel and I was like, healthy relationships. <laughs> that doesn't seem like, I don't know. That, I don't feel very tied to that. And then like, just looking back now, I'm like, oh, it's, it's like, the, the, it's very like, Kaiser so say the clues were all there (laughs) you're like yay fuck (laughs) yeah like oh I have to stop doing the things that are unhealthy yeah it's it's huge and like I said it's a big service for the whole collective and, and and we're all working on it in our own ways obviously but it sounds like you have a pretty pretty large role in anchoring that energy <laughs> like that's good <laughs> well I mean there's a lot of people working on that front just in the the soberish podcast yeah. group alone the things yeah. you, you hear and see holy shit there's some people out there working through some big boundary stuff <laughs> yeah. I mean and yeah like I said it, it's a huge collective thing anyway like I shouldn't say that you know one person has a huge whatever but that's what we're being asked to do collectively is reevaluate codependency. And that is goddamn. If that was not a foundation of the last, whatever, 13,000 years or whatever cycle, I don't know, maybe it's not been that long, but you got to give yourself treats in that work. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Oh man. That has been a big part of me helping calm my nervous system, which I needed a hard reset. So like most of last year was me like completely cutting out so much stuff in my diet and all that stuff and being very, very strict with myself, no refined sugar, like, you know, no gluten, no cheese, like what all that stuff. And so I needed to do that, but it's helping me more now when I go, like, I just went for a walk and got some gluten-free donuts. Like, so yeah, I'm going to eat a shitload of sugar this weekend. And I give zero fucks because like, I, I know that this past week was real rough actually the past two weeks but the the last one in particular was just like jesus christ and i was like i need to just have a treat (laughs) just like it's okay and sit there and watch some netflix and and you're like you said take things off your plate i'm not doing a lot of stuff that i would try and make myself do i really need to clean my apartment i really need to run a couple errands like a bunch of other stuff and i'm like i will not do that today i am going to sit on my couch and eat my donuts and watch my korean drama <laughs> and just be okay with not doing things and that is a huge part of soothing the nervous system it's like that constant oh i got to do this i got to do that blah, 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 i got to do all these things no take it off your plate 
and it feels really weird and I, I am still getting used to being okay not doing things because I feel like a bad person or a worthless piece of shit or all that stuff and it's we give ourselves historically for me and and from what I've noticed in society we give ourselves space to have a bad day or a couple maybe bad days or whatever but when it's been a prolonged period like this of years of bad days it we are like chomping at the bit like but i'm still i'm so worthless after all this fucking time and it's like no this is telling us to take the things off our plates to say we can't do it we need to rest like we don't hold we we don't have the space to hear people vent like all of this shit we are just going to learn these lessons whether we like it or not so like the sooner that we can just sort of embrace them the easier it will start to get and part of that involves treats i was a really long tangent to be like yes i approve of this message of giving yourself treats (laughs) yeah and and also i mean there's so much of it too at the level of what do you want to see mirrored back to you in your reality for me it's like well do i want a reality mirrored back to me where everybody in my life is very like I don't trust them on to 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 be without me for a time you know like if I can't be there and in in a moment for them like I don't I don't trust their them to like to to navigate something without me like am I am I do I really want to create a a reality where everything's so dependent on me all the time (laughs) and like I'm so such a crucial cog or whatever or do I want to be part of the morality where everything's just like flowing and moving and coming together and coming apart and like supporting yes but in like ways that feel mutually good and if I'm not available then everything's not going to fall apart without me there's like that aspect of it too where you just it's kind of like the fear of not being needed comes in in this weird like reverse way (laughs) and plays a role um again through like your value is in people needing you and depending on you and always you putting out effort and putting out exerting or like doing um, instead of just being, which is another big shift. And it's just goes exactly with what you were saying about we give ourselves space for X, Y, and Z, but like, and I can feel, I feel it so clearly like the future, it's just so different. And mm-hmm. there's so many mental hurdles to jump over about how that's going to be possible, but but it is possible when you, when you constantly see your reality shifting and like mirroring back to you as I do, it becomes easier and easier to accept that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very different and it's not going to require people to, to do nearly so much or exert nearly so much effort. I mean, so they'll be exerting effort for the pleasure of exerting effort, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Using our energies in ways that feel aligned and with with a purpose that that is not busy work for lack of a better word it's like we want to use our energies doing this so that's what we do and otherwise we relax on the couch or whatever we're not just using our energy for the sake of using energy it has and and i don't mean it has a purpose in a way that's like it has to be worth something it has to be it has to be worth something to you like i'm going to rest until something sounds better than resting that requires energy. And then I will spend my energy doing that. I like the way this is going, but you're right. It feels like we can see it and we can sense it. We know it's it's possible and we're getting there. But in the meantime, we're being asked to heal all of that stuff to move into that new space. And so 
Hence yep. why we're sharing our experiences with learning about boundaries, because we're all going to be going through it. I mean, we already are. And it's so the more we can share, the more it's like, yeah, you have support. You're not alone. You're we're all being called to have these difficult things because in reality, it's not that difficult. We've just been trained to be so enmeshed that it feels really hard to move away from that. And it is hard. It doesn't just feel hard. It just fucking is. <laughs> but, you know. We're going to get there. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Total change of topic. Yeah. So pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast about when I went down to the river, I think it was in December and saw that crumpled Canadian flag and like, oh yeah, we, we talked about it. Yeah. The Canadian flag and the fish. And, and then of course we had a lot of like drama in the ensuing months in Canada with the convoys that just like really like I, I think further like ruptured the this idea of a Canadian identity and like got people really upset and like polarized and upset about yeah what it means to be Canadian. Uh, my point wasn't to go back into that. <laughs> point was about water scrying and that was like just such a it was like this huge dead fish prehistoric looking fish massive on this like tiny little riverbank like <laughs> there's never anything there in, in the way of like dead fish and it was like this like two feet long it was a carp and then this crumpled canadian flag it was just a very like whoa open and that's where i always went to do my my scrying so i was there today and i saw a chipped piece like pottery that said bowls lunch limited b-o-w-l-e-s and then like a latex glove that was like kind of like folded up a bit and really dusty. Hmm. And I, I am just, so that when I first saw the crumpled Canadian flag, the carp head, I was puzzled, but like, um, you know, it was, it was kind of blatant. I was like, well, something's going to happen. <laughs> but this one, I was just like, what? <laughs> so I looked up the name bowls, which means, cause I always look up the names of everything and that always gives me a lot of answers and it means somebody who makes like vessels or bowls like literally Ooh. but it's also i looked up that company and it just seemed like an odd thing to find in this little riverbed because it's like old toronto company and the guy who started it a long time ago it was like a a lunch club for businessmen and the things that stood out to me they said it was a lunch club for businessmen so for that reason the doors were never locked and they served food 24 hours a day it's like okay I don't know why like and so because it was a lunch club for businessmen they never locked the doors okay um, and then I was like why is there pottery I mean why is this like <laughs> shard like it's like a broken piece of a bowl like a vessel bowls something about Toronto I don't know businessmen <laughs> businessmen <laughs> sustenance and then the latex glove it's like protection health issues hands anyway so I'm still decoding it's fresh in my mind and I have no idea but I wanted to just it's, uh, April what day is it I'm trying to get like April 15th the drawings out when they happen now mm -hmm. like say them when they happen so that um I'm just moving it out immediately yes. so yeah it's April 15th when we're recording this so uh if in the next month or so <laughs> <laughs> businessmen luncheon place <laughs> yeah like I couldn't tell like it's was it uh, it didn't seem as foreboding like yeah, the okay. fucking prehistoric carp one it was like dude that is <laughs> what is coming was, with those things yeah that was a pretty yeah <laughs> kind of jolting image yeah 
this one's definitely has like a it feels more delicate but there is something it's broken it's a broken piece mm. i was also thinking archaeology where we cover the past with like broken <gasps> pottery shards and stuff like that like yes brilliant thing it feels very interesting but with the latex glove though i can't well they wear latex oh. like to like dust and yeah. stuff so they don't get their finger oils on things Ooh, there's something from I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too literal with like the actual company itself, uh, or maybe there's <laughs> levels. Yeah, I was just gonna say you always have stuff with a bunch of different levels, and there's always yeah. more than than just the surface level stuff. Oh wow, Archie. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah, and vessels carry. I mean, vessels carry a lot of things, but they carry water. And mm-hmm. I had gone down to the river to do to sing to the water to do a water blessing because I had a friend who got a message that singing to the water over Easter weekend was like really really powerful so I'd gone down to sing I'm going to sing to my own water too but I went to sing to the river so that's also it feels like a when I was thinking archaeology it feels like a this was a snapshot of a period of time and I'm not sure that the significance will come out right now like I feel like we can't see the significance now. Obviously, these things usually unfold as we, you know, in in future days and months or whatever. But it feels like a like a TV show episode where where like someone gets dropped in a different time period, like like time travel. I mean, oh. and I this is coming to me because I literally just watched the Umbrella Academy, and the second season is them all in you know backwards in time kind of shit, and then moving. Anyway, so I, I it feels like a from whatever time period that is signified with this pottery shard, there'll be a message in the coming days or months that that really makes sense about what significance is that also corresponds to right now. You know, like like something from the past that is also meaningful right now, like a cycle completing or or another ah. level of it continuing or, or something something like that where it kind of comes back around. And it, yeah, when you were talking about it, it felt very cheerful to me, like a yeah. not an ominous, you know, dead <laughs> dead crumbled flag and like you know all this. It, it felt cheerful, like a <laughs> I don't know about like tee hee hee giggling kind of cheerful, but 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 definitely you know how to describe it other than than there's this like cheery jaunty energy to it who knows yeah <laughs> no that's it felt cheerful to me too also the name henry comes up a lot Ooh. for me as i think and the, the guy that founded the bowls company was henry bowls and henry means oh. ruler of the home which is interesting well there's a lot of home buying stuff happening right <laughs> <laughs> I keep feeling like something is about to shift with the the housing stuff that we're all sort of, I mean, the housing crisis all over everywhere is just ridiculous at this point. And it's like, and I don't know that that necessarily pops a bubble. I, I don't know that I'm feeling that, but I'm, I'm feeling something where, because there's so many of us who are getting these home buying sinks and leads and all that stuff. It feels like a separate little pocket of a dimension somewhere where we're all able to get these houses that we want and our ideal housing situations start to come online in a in an interesting way. I'm not really sure how that's going to look because right now the housing situation that I'm facing doesn't feel like an ideal <laughs> housing situation. But like I I also feel like 
I, I clearly can't see the bigger picture because it's the universe's plan and all this stuff. So I'm like, I am just trusting and also feeling that even though my human brain is like, this doesn't feel ideal. It's like, there's something there that, that is ideal. And I, once I see it, it's going to like, <laughs> it's going to be really cool. Um, so it, it kind of feels like that where that, that cheerfulness of the pottery shard and the home stuff, there's something's developing and it feels good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I love your adventures in scrying. They always bring me so much joy. <laughs> there were also two beautiful swans and they're, they're swans in Toronto, but never in this river. And they were just so peaceful gliding. We get, we've been getting a lot of bird stuff. We had that avian transmission too. And now like everyone's getting extra bird stuff and you just had your beautiful oh little pigeon baby born. Thank on you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing It's like that the up. most magical thing. I know. Okay. So I have a pigeon who has built a nest under the bench that I sit on in my balcony outside. Oh my God. That's like, you're sitting on the nest. Yes. It's like, I'm sitting on the nest. I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. It's literally right under my butt. And so I can, there's a little space between the bench and the wall so that I could look down and, and look, I don't want to disturb them, but I also want to look like it's cool. I've never had a bird be this at home in in my space it's literally just out of the blue feeling but it's obviously on purpose so this pigeon built a fucking nest under my bench and uh now has a baby pigeon it, I literally saw it for the first time today I don't know when it hatched it looked I think the nesting period is about three weeks or so and so it's I was I was expecting it to come out soon I was like okay if I, if I don't hear baby cheeps soon it's I don't maybe I got the the timing of the of the egg nest raw like them laying the eggs you know incorrect or whatever so this morning when I was having my coffee I was after a while I'd finished the coffee and I was sitting out on the balcony which I never do usually when I finish the coffee I just come right in, but I was sitting out there kind of enjoying the sun. And all of a sudden I was like, there's some BB cheeps, like cheap, cheap, cheeps. And I was like, oh my God, did the baby hatch? Like, cause there were a bunch of other birds chirping at the same time. And I was like, am I getting it? Anyway. So I looked around and there was the, it was the dad's turn to sit on, on the bench, on the nest, because I can tell the difference now between the, the mother and the, anyway. So the, the dad was giving me the side eye. Cause he could see that I was like leaning down, but he didn't get off the baby. And I could see part of the baby's body like it was still under under the dead it was just this yellow ball of fluffy baby pigeon and I have never seen a baby pigeon. and I also, can only think about this conspiracy theories where it's like people are like the pigeons are undercover FBI agents because you never see a baby pigeon which is fucking hysterical to me so now I can officially confirm that baby pigeons exist. I have seen one. It is my Easter baby pigeon. You <laughs> literally hatched an Easter egg. <laughs> so cute. Also, I had to refresh my memory. I know way back when, because pigeons have been a big sink for you and like oh recurring messengers and, and, and yeah. presence in your life for a while. We'd looked up pigeons before, but man, there's... Okay, fertility, prosperity, fortune, luck, transformation, peace, faith, can guide souls safely into the hereafter, carry messages between realms. To many shamans, pigeons and doves are interchangeable and symbolize home and security. (laughs) Spirit messengers, like, wow, incredible. I know. Thank you for reading that because I I was going to look up 
you had sent me a link like way back when, when the pigeons first started nesting and I remember reading it, but I wanted to reread it. So thank you for pulling that up. And it's very much a mercury type thing. Like I'm in a mercury perfected year. And so I was expecting quite a few bird sinks because mercury is the messenger and can go into the, you know, the psychopomp that goes into the underworld and is like basically the communicator between earth and the, because it's the first planet in between, you know, earth and the other solar system. So it's kind of like the messenger of, of the other energies and the cosmos and all that stuff. And so I was like, I didn't expect it to be this literal where a vision <laughs> just sits up, you know, like homing pigeons, like the messenger pigeon, you know, like all yes. this, it's literally homing pigeons. Yes. It's messenger. literally like a, a mercury in your face. Here's astrology is real on the nose. Like also they're so beautiful and they have such variety in their color and like patterning. And it's really wild. I was just thinking about that today because you brought up the pigeons and I went for my walk and I was thinking that it's like, if ever there's something in a lot of abundance, we just really start to devalue it. Like I know. they're just such gorgeous, beautiful birds. Um, yeah. Also on my way home, I saw four pigeons walking on the ground outside the house. It was like, Four. Oh, the number four is coming up, which is a lot of like foundation building. Oh my God. Same. Uh, this morning I had a, a spam text from a, yeah, obviously a stupid spam number. And it was like, the numbers were four, four, four. Blah, blah. <laughs> okay. And then like on my walk today, I saw a license plate with four, four, four. It's, I've just been getting a lot of fours. I was like, I thought you're going to say like the name of the spam call was like, I was <laughs> or something. <laughs> but speaking of birds, I want to get to the old gay owl. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I, we rushed away from the pigeon too quickly um, because you had your story, which I don't think you've shared on air about also getting a, a pigeon egg flying out of the sky and landing on your heart. Oh yeah. Okay. So when I was 21 and studying abroad in France in college, I was walking in the farmer's market. It was a small town in the South of France and I was walking in the farmer's market. I've been there millions of times and my... <laughs> I just, I felt this bump on my arm and then this warm, weird wetness. And I, I looked down and there was egg yolk on my arm and like <laughs> broken eggshell on the ground. And I looked up. Well, at first I thought somebody had thrown like a vegetable at me or something. Cause I was in a farmer's market. Like, <laughs> and then I looked up and there was this pigeon just I don't know if it literally, I mean, the egg was warm. So I don't know if it laid the egg onto my arm, like just missed the nest completely. I have no idea. But it <laughs> fell on my arm. And I just, and also that same semester, I had three different times where a pigeon pooped on my head, which that never happens to me. I was like, what is going I need to check and see if I was in a, a mercury perfected year at that point too but mm. I just I yeah and so now we've yeah. come full circle with me you know no who the fuck gets an egg laid on their arm <laughs> from the sky but also when we said before I just realized the easter egg thing like that is so you because you are an appreciator of like books and TV shows that have little Easter eggs hidden in them. So this was like an Easter egg for you in your life. <laughs> so true. Oh my God, that just gave me chills and made me so happy. <laughs> I 
what a beautiful, magical life we live. Oh, <laughs> I have a baby Easter pigeon. Oh my God. Yeah. This is a weird full circle kind of thing where when I had an egg laid on my arm and now I have an actual baby pigeon on, on my balcony. What the fuck, man? And now we're going to get into gay acerbic owl from Zaddy Cat. I'm very excited about this. Would you like yeah. to introduce the... This is, I'm supposed to just answer questions and channel. Um, this, I, I, this is like an interesting melange, this old gay owl. <laughs> it's a combination between like my first guide who originally showed up in my life as my first ever kitty that I had in my real life was Garindos, who would sometimes look like a great horned owl when he put his ears back. And he just had a very, he had a vibe. <laughs> and then when I had my awakening, the first guide I was ever introduced to was this very, <laughs> He had, he had like a salty attitude, older owl. He had a vibe. And so then it's just been like, but it's, so it's like this guide, but it's also like, I can feel that it's like connecting me to this aspect of myself as part of myself that wants to be expressed. Yeah. I don't know. Other than that, I think I'm just, I'm just supposed to wing it. <laughs> yeah. Wing it. So I feel a bit, I'm actually a bit nervous because, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I'm excited. <laughs> what, what he has to say, our friend, the old gal. All right. Well, let's just start off. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what the fuck happens. Is there anything, okay, is there a name that I should be addressing when I'm asking questions or just Mr. Owl? Perseus. Perseus? Oh. Is that name, what does that mean? What's Perseus? That's a, okay. Oh, he slayed Medusa. Son of oh. Zeus. Okay. All right. Perseus. Well, <laughs> I would actually, it's lovely to meet you. I am so happy to be here. And I'm sure that you will be making fun of me in as many ways as you would like as we go along. <laughs> so feel free. <laughs> I can take it. And I would just kind of like to ask what you would like to start with. If there's anything you want to say just off the bat. He says, ask specific questions. Okay. Ask specific questions. Where are you from? Okay. Uh, oh it's God. like, I already had a thing in my head about where he was from. So now it's like getting a little confused. Well, I think he doesn't want to talk about where he's from. <laughs> okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> ask questions pertaining to human matters. Okay. I was, I was thinking that's probably what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, Perseus, what do you think? My question is really, what do you think about the human condition? And I don't know why that wants to come out, but like. The human condition is a muddle of extremes. The human condition is not to be trifled with. (laughs) It helps if I close my eyes. Okay. The human condition is at the center of things, but it takes itself too seriously. What are your suggestions for how to not be so serious? It's like a tired sigh. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's like, it's it's really easy. (laughs) And we just make it hard. It's really easy. You just dance. Dance until dance more, think less. I like that. Probe. <laughs> it's time to probe. Uh, I'm gonna have to get used to. It. <laughs> it's like it's like fuzzy. 
Okay. I could also ask better fucking question. It's it's funny because as soon as I asked that question, I was like, I also heard the tired side, like just fucking do it. Like, <laughs> like what if not that he was saying what a dumb question, but like humans in general are like, how do we have fun? And he's like, Are you fucking serious? Like <laughs> you just have fun. <laughs> it's time to probe the catastrophe for it's time to probe the catastrophe for the Juice. (laughs) Juice. Whoa, I yeah, I'm gonna have to like do this more because I can feel like my conscious mind is just yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, what I really he's telling me I'm taking this too seriously. Oh. (laughs) What's your favorite time period in human history that you've ever witnessed? There isn't one. <laughs> okay, hold on. Give me a sec with that one. Okay. Okay, old gal, help us here to like ask questions that you're gonna provide answers that will come through strong. <laughs> She's showing me galactic swirlings. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So what he said before, there isn't one, it's a tiresome plot. <laughs> yeah, said. I mean, fair. Was there ever a time I've heard different stories about you know how the reincarnation stuff has been hijacked and we're all in this fake whatever the fuck simulation and there was a time before this where you know we were actually it feels like more more integrated you know and like he's saying if you want he was saying if you want from the beginning like if you want that to be true it's true oh interesting Okay, now we're getting into the nature of reality, which is because right now I feel like we're uncovering quote unquote real history, like, you know, the Bible, you know, like what people think religion and Jesus and all that stuff is supposed to be like, there was a real story there that, you know, got sort of hidden for lack of a better word. So what was it really like? What are, what are we... What are some real things that happened that we have lost access to because it's been, um, I hate saying covered up, but like saying there is no real. Okay. And a story is a story. <laughs> okay. Like he walks back and forth with his wings behind his back. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Does he have a monocle? <laughs> Um, he looks a bit uh to me he because i always see things in cartoons he looks like the owl in bambi the one that's like oh okay it's whole has a whole bit about the animals being twitter painted does he enjoy okay do you enjoy being a guide for humans or are you yes oh okay very much they're amusing and silly (laughs) What advice do you like to give when people are asking for help? What do you, what do you say the most often? Well, okay. Probably have fun. I should probably just not be a dumbass, but I'll let him, let him answer. He likes to be asked about current events type things. Oh, through. Oh Jesus. The one thing I don't actually keep. Up I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what does he think about the pandemic? It's lasting too long. I mean, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to keep 
taking our attention or we stop drawing it out it's served its served its purpose purpose move on it's just one step in a series of steps what are others so i'm assuming the war is another step yep does he have any insight on what else we're gonna see as future steps no he said war and famine immediately okay yeah so and keep shut up okay go ahead no i just want to check in with him about those for a second potential steps he said yeah drought war famine drought is what he said potential Mm -hmm. yeah when i think about the apocalypse i obviously you can't (laughs) four horsemen (laughs) so that makes sense has he ever met the four horsemen (laughs) he said they're figments but like figments doesn't mean what it means something different it's like little sparks like what is the word electricity oh okay electricity in motion so how do we get hmm, that's probably a dumb trust yourself he said trust yourself (laughs) okay i was gonna ask how do we get people to because again i know that we're not in charge of other people so like how do we I'm not sure how to ask the question of like, how do we get people to stop paying attention to the pandemic since it served its purpose? How do we stop getting people to, you know, is everyone just playing out their own game and we're just observing or like, does he have insight onto how this can, yes, it served its purpose. Now how the fuck do we move on? Basically. I said, wait, it will play itself out. Okay. And going, you know, going inward. It's just a waiting game. Okay. When is the waiting game over? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be, it's okay. like Alice in Wonderlanding. He said, when you want it to be, I mean, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh there was a, oh, I was going to ask about boundaries, like literal land boundaries, because. Oh. There's a um, will shift, he said. I was, oh, fuck it. I knew it. I was going to say because the North Node is in Taurus and so is Uranus. And there it feels like very electric. Like what does he see coming as far as land boundaries and like country boundaries or, you know, that kind of tectonic movements or any of that stuff? Okay. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Humans are ill-equipped to manage land. Yep. The water will change things. The rising water. There's a merging of land and water. Like living in the water? Like building houses on water kind of thing? Or just flooding? Possibly. The living in water. Aquatic. (laughs) Aquatic ecosystems are thriving. Hmm. The land, okay, the land boundaries, yeah, they're meaningless. Um, I know. Fucking hate them. They will become meaningless at some point. Yes. In our lifetime. There's a big migration. Ooh, say more about that. From east to west. It's like your dream. Mm-hmm. Specifically in America? In North America? That's part of it. It's um feels more Europe and okay. 
Eurasia. So from Eurasia to Europe? It's all possible. But, you know, yeah. he's like, Does it have to do with like physical migration or is it cultural? Human people will move. Okay, human <laughs> people will move. Okay. Can he say any more on that? Or is that just kind of like a... People need to worry less because it's going to be dramatic. So just uh, amazing. Yeah. He's like, Oh, interesting. But I'm seeing he's like running and like picking his feet up, but almost like pulling his leg tooths up to like keep dry or keep ahead of something. You know what I mean? Like he's, kind of, uh-huh. but he's like doing it in a very playful way. Okay. So it's really about, you have to stop taking everything so seriously. You yeah. have to stop taking deaths so seriously. I mean, that's, yeah. Okay, so I feel like we're pretty good at that, but like... Celebrate death. Yeah. What else do we do to help spread that, me- or like help other people do that? Or um, Yeah, you said cheap, cheap, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk, keep but talking. also, <laughs> that's... I'm doing a little bit of interpreting here, but there's that song, right? Like too, like, it's not just, uh, not just words. It's like, okay. What's coming out vibration wise. There's a million, billion, trillion worlds. And we're just dancing and out of them, learn to dance in and out of them and Hmm. be at ease with loss and death. And learn how to live, man. I want to, I want to live. I want to thrive. You know, <laughs> what's what's that coming when I wanted to? Yeah. We're still like, we're not even close to being at ease with loss and death. <laughs> Humanity or? Yeah. Like, okay. Well. Or us in particular. <laughs> at least me. Oh, okay. Okay. These are just a lot of dancing. That it doesn't matter, like physical matter. It's so much rejection of what we don't want still. Yeah, okay. That the focus is still so much on what we don't want to have. How do we get our nervous systems to tolerate all of the death and loss that we need to be rejoicing? I said, give it time. Stop revisiting. Okay, how you stop He's showing like things to experiment with, like literally do like a memory wipe on yourself, but like you're not actually doing that, but you're pretending like you did, like you just don't even have a memory of, of something unpleasant. It's like, what? Uh, what happened? Like you're like, like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like gaslighting yourself, but positively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? What? What are you oh, saying? What, what was that thing? I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. If, okay. If you were human, what would he be doing to set this example? He is human. <laughs> I love him. Where he said, like, who's to say I'm not human? I think he has a human form. Wow. If he was human, he it's a trickster. Yeah. He's showing himself as like a pied piper. Oh. He would steal the children. <laughs> with, he, he would steal the children with his merry song. Oh, yeah! It's like just don't take anything seriously. Like literally, nothing is serious, which is so hard for me because I'm so serious about so much shit. Oh my god! Uh, treat the serious 
like an art form. I like almost understand that. <laughs> you know, like I. Yeah. Can you stay more? <laughs> I treat the serious like an art form. He says we speak in riddles for a reason. Oh my God. I know. I wish I was better at riddles, but I am. <laughs> and I think the reason is part, you know, like to get us away from like yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. He said, go make a big mistake <laughs> and, and savor it. Oh God, that's giving me palpitations. He said, I know. Big life-shattering mistake and savor. Okay, that is very interesting. Talk about a big ass paradigm shift where you just fuck shit up and savor it. What that one hit pretty Yeah, the ones terrified, but like it it makes a very interesting frequency like vibration in my body to to (laughs) chew on that. The the ones who are doing that are helping you know the collect they're not Mm -hmm. they're helping (laughs) yeah you said test the limits keep testing the limits oh man talk about this i know i don't want to do like i want to ask so when i was tapping into you before like over the past few weeks i kept having the question of world war three kind of nuclear Mm. war stuff yeah. Come to mind. And I thought I heard an answer from you, but I want to know what your actual said drift. <laughs> he said drift away from that thought. <laughs> okay. Cause it's not possible or it's it, not like you a... said it isn't likely. Okay. That's what, that's what I was trying to ask. Yeah. Okay. And you don't really want it. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, it feels like that's speaking to like, we don't want it in that we, we're not actually really calling it in from some yeah. part of us, shadow part that's calling it. Ooh. Anything else, Owl? <laughs> Play your part. And what's my part? Truth seeker. Okay, but that's where I'm getting stuck is I can't tell if it's a truth that was presenting itself to me or a truth that I'm going to create by focusing on. Said trust the dream am I supposed to be communicating these dreams when they happen no okay (laughs) not in so many words oh okay the feeling of safety yeah be playful yeah yeah yep yep okay sorry no (laughs) ask him what what's my part (laughs) what do you want it to be (laughs) he said you're well on your way Wow, I was expecting sarcasm. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Sorry. Sorry, Perseus. I'm well in my Why way. Why is your name Perseus? Look into it. Okay, I'll look into it. <laughs> <laughs> look into it. Are you an 11th dimensional avian? It's like, does it matter? Okay. They're fucking riddles. <laughs> a riddler of the sky. What's a truth seeker when truth is relative? Ooh. Okay, right. Don't right. My truth. Don't be afraid of my truth, which I am. I am afraid of my truth. I'm afraid of uh, imposing my truth on others. Yeah. I'll help you remember that. Cause I feel like that's I feel like I've done that the past couple. I don't know why. I'm just like, no, don't water down your message. <laughs> just mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. You are allowed. Yeah, he's showing me being a bit of a pied piper for the children. Mm. I'm leading them astray. <laughs> but in a good way yeah well that's the thing I feel like this is we're all with with what he's saying about like 
don't take things so seriously, make mistakes. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. You're probably going to be working on breaking some of that programming for a lot of children in ways that feel really scandalous was going to come out, but that doesn't, I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway. Yeah. Is there a reason why right now it feels like we're getting little drips and drops, like yes. bloomant thing? Oh. Why is it so, you just said staggered? As in divine timing or like it's going to start flowing more quickly now that we're clearing blockages? It's to force you to get more comfortable with uncertainty. and Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Gail with all the updates we did. <laughs> he said, I don't give a hoot. <laughs> He said his catchphrase is give a hoot, just not too many. Oh, I like that. That's what I say about fucks. I'm like, I give fucks, but like (laughs) about things that I, about some things, not about all the other shit that I used to give fucks about. Is there anything for the coming few months? Ooh, can he tell us about eclipse shit? What's coming with that? Which I guess was your question. Okay. Yeah. I have to clear myself for this one because I have fear in me about the answer. Uh, All right. Show it to me, Al. He said, too much fear. I know. (laughs) He's just saying, what is Taurus security housing? Mm -hmm. It's not a lot coming through for that one. I think it's supposed Mm -hmm. to. He said, dance and make merry. (laughs) Just like dancing on graves. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, talk about re-evaluating. Our sense of death or dancing in a cemetery. Fuck yes, that sounds really delightful, honestly. Yeah, that wasn't that. I think I feel like that was more the message. It was just like there's an alchemical thing to doing that and not. (laughs) Do you have a lot of fear around death? Yeah. Okay. Huge. Okay. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that has, I mean, not like to the point where other people who I don't know death mm-hmm. scares me that much yeah. always but like I don't have chill the way some people do where they're like oh yeah <laughs> I wonder like a normal part of the cycle I'm like <sighs> <laughs> I wonder if I can help you with that in some way I would take all <laughs> my sacral is jumping for joy at the thought <laughs> of being helped with that okay it's probably part of my grief eater shit I don't know the Akashic reading, it was like about my fear of spiders. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and she said, find someone who's not afraid and like oh, take wow. it from them. And so I think oh, that's wow. also, this is the thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just asked him in my head. Yeah. What's it like to be non-corporeal? <laughs> and he said, it's a joy. I think he's trying to soothe me with my fears of death. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he said time to get Twitter painted, which if you haven't watched Bandy recently, mm-hmm. he's like, it's spring. It's time to get Twitter painted. Twitter painted. Uh, Why is he showing me Tom and Jerry? Because it's fucking silly as shit. Oh, <laughs> they kidding. were like friends or something, right? Yeah. They like, those cartoons were always quite funny to me because it was like, you are friends. Why are you? I mean, like you're following your nature and chasing, you know, whatever, but it was always kind of like with a wink, you know, where the mouse was never really scared. 
Thanks, Perseus. Yeah, Perseus. That was really lovely. And I, I will I will have better questions <laughs> next time. <laughs> no, I mean, they were great. And like, who knew what to... Uh, I was totally... Yeah. Okay, bye, commercial. <laughs> I was totally different than anything because I kept having these what I thought were like glimpses of how it was going to be, where it was going to be like these full sentences and paragraphs. Yeah. And it was completely, completely different, completely different than you were doing more wow. translating than. Yeah. Which is what I do. I, I feel more like I do that, get the, the package of info and then sort of speak it into English or whatever. Yeah. Well, like it would come through as a phrase. Sometimes I was translating, but mostly it was just little phrases, but I was just expecting like a fully yeah. fledged being to be like, yeah, so blah, blah, blah. That's what I, <laughs> I think that's what I was thinking too. I could, I could feel him pretty. Maybe I also just have to like get more comfortable and more will come through. Yeah. It was like, I was very, I felt so inhibited at the outset. Um, Cause it's really hard because I also feel like I've known him for a long time and I know his vibe. So it's like, it, it was very hard to not be like that seems like what I would think he would say and maybe not what you know like that was happening a lot <laughs> yeah 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 that, and, and like who cares I mean make a mistake right like say what I think he would say and then he can correct me but anyway I'll get looser I'm sure I'll get looser as time goes on thank I you for your patience oh my god thank you for I still I still have no idea what he's not in so many words yeah, because I this is what I'm feeling is like there's a way I'm supposed to be sharing oracle mm-hmm. type things. Yeah. But it's not like the old way. I'm like getting too hung up on what the old way was. And also I'm being too serious about it. Yeah. So not in so many words. Would that mean like you doing arts and crafts and sort of do for example, your homemade oracle cards where it's like you have that image and then you can kind of riff over top but like riffing I mean you already have something to share so like why would you riff on something you already have to share I don't know that was probably I'm probably thinking about it too hard too <laughs> I'm sure you were really on something and I think like singing too yeah good yeah I think your art and your singing is gonna be com- like coming online it feels like <laughs> Or, or like just multimedia project, like, like your, the thing you've been filming for 20 years or whatever with your friends, like that kind of stuff and play like new ones, new, new projects and stuff that it feels like I was getting really hung up on like this old idea of like, you have to be like, what if I had a dream and this is going to happen? And if this happens, it's like, and it's like, what if, and I'm just like I'm riffing on the play thing because that feels like something that wants to come out, but you don't have to pick it up. It's just like, I was thinking if you had these Oracle dreams and got like, if you wanted to include me awesome, or if you wanted to work with other people, what, you know, whatever, but like, I would totally be your, your Guinea pig on like, you wrote little plays about it. Like even like five minute videos or two minute videos to explain your dream. But we put it into form like, oh, we're putting on a, we're putting on a play. And then you're communicating the Oracle that way, but it's science fiction or like, you know, like fiction type stuff where it's just, it's just a play. And then 
it might come to pass or it might not, but that way you would be comfortable expressing it. Cause it's right. like, it's just a play, you know, <laughs> that's a really good idea. That's really fun. And then you could tie in Plus music. To wear costumes. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, really looking forward to these fear release. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, because I, when I was putting that grief eater stuff on my website, I was trying to figure out how to describe it. Because it's not just grief; it's just the term for what I am, at least right now. So it's a but. I was like fear and and rage, and you know, I just listed a bunch of things that feel heavy and negative and all that stuff. And it's like, but I felt it very much as like shame, guilt, fear, and grief. Those were the the main oh, cool things. And it was like, I, oh yeah. And when I was editing that, the podcast thing about our, the Atlantis thing, which is when I discovered the grief eater thing, I didn't discover grief eater, but it was like the fear portal. Cause we were talking about Zetas and like, you had had that vision of the scary ones that were making weird faces with their hands and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, we're just trying to protect you maybe or whatever. And you were like, Oh God, I have this fear. And I was like, maybe I can help people with their fear. It was like that whole conversation where I realized, Oh, there's something with me in the underworld. <laughs> and I was like, and then you just reminded me, I'd forgotten about it. And then like, you reminded me while we were talking today, I was like, Oh yeah, I can help with fear because I think it's delicious which is sounds creepy to say that but I know you know what I mean where I'm like I will eat it I will take it out I will disperse that shit I am a recycling bin I got this bitches bring me your fear (laughs) I can't handle my own fears so that's lovely (laughs) well that's how we're all like meant to yeah yeah go and go into each other's portals and stuff and yeah give and receive for sure anyway any closing thoughts oh shit right um well i can can uh we can hang up without so that was perseus (laughs) got a little taste perhaps (laughs) um i liked him I thought that was fun to talk to him, especially the big failures, make big or big mistakes or whatever he said. I liked that energy. It didn't feel comfortable, but it felt interesting. Did not feel comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, all right. Well, keep soothing that nervous system. (laughs) Working on those boundaries. Catching those pigeons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end it there.